morning, everybody, and welcome to the Jewish Reaction, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad, and I'll be with you for the next hour as we take off the Tuesday morning program here on the Nachum Siegel Network at NachumSiegel.com. I'll be speaking with people who have done something absolutely incredible, something that is certainly on my bucket list of things to do, but is not quite uh, moved all the way up to the top yet. I speak of running a marathon. I have run three half marathons. I ran the Miami Marathon twice with Team Yachad. I ran a half mar- marathon on Erev Rosh Hashanah two years ago with my twin sister, Alana. In That was the Yonkers Marathon. Um, but these people have run the New York City Marathon a full 26.2 miles this past Sunday. We will speak with three people who have done it in all different ways. Amitai Dagan, who went to high school with me, is going to join us first. He ran, this was, I believe, his second uh, full marathon. He did it together with three friends. They've all been training together. An incredible, incredible feat. Uh, and then we'll speak with Avi Bloom, who was supposed to run his first marathon ever last year in New York City. And then, of course, Hurricane Sandy canceled that. Um, and then we will speak with Paul Kenter. It was an incredible story. Paul, I actually met. You'll hear a little bit later on how we met. Uh, but Paul has run a number of marathons and other sporting events where he is uh, actually a tracker, I think they call it, um, somebody who runs with uh, people with disabilities to help them uh, in any way that they need in terms of pacing or timing um, and encouraging them as they run. He runs with an organization called Achilles who matches up these people um, with able-bodied runners. And, of course, we all know our friend Richard Bernstein, uh, the blind attorney from Michigan who has been a big um, friend to the OU and to Yachad and to the Nachum Siegel Network, who also completed uh, the New York City Marathon. Of course, that was Richard's first marathon since um, he was hit by a bicyclist while training um, in uh, Central Park in New York. A uh, lot to get to today, lots to uh, talk upon. But we're first going to kick it off with a song by the Yeshiva Boys Choir, chosen by our first guest's daughter. Here is the Yeshiva Boys Choir with Ashrei. Yeah. 
And that was the Yeshiva Boys Choir with Ashrei. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Ellie Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad. And of course, you can catch us here every Tuesday morning right after Nachum Siegel on JM in the AM here on the Nachum Siegel Network at NachumSiegel.com. Uh, of course, we're speaking today to those who were brave enough, foolish enough, smart enough, whatever you want to call it, to, to uh, run and compete in the New York City Marathon. Of course, uh, this year there were more than 50,000 runners, and I'm lucky enough to have three of them joining me today. Uh, first is Amitai Dagan, who uh, actually went to high school with me um, a number of years ago, not to age myself, but we both went to the Davis Runoff Salary Yeshiva High School for Boys. Amitai is currently the Regional Director of Business Development for Center Management. Amitai, welcome to the Jewish Reaction. Thank you for having me. So, uh, first question, how are you feeling the day after, two days after? I'm feeling good the day after. Um, I feel great. Um, you know, my my legs are a bit sore, but uh, that's to be expected. But um, the, the training hard really pays off, and you feel it um, at the end when you're not feeling as sore as others. That's how you know you train you trained the right way. So, so you actually did training the correct way, not the way that I do it for the Miami Half Marathon, which is to run a little bit here, have a big lunch there, run a little bit there, and then hope to finish and not pass out. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I did train. I trained the right way. I kept to a schedule, um, and this was the by far the strictest I ever was with my training. Um, and you can, I, I was able to tell that um, it really paid off to do the training the right way. Uh, was this your first full marathon? No, this is my second full marathon. Which was your first? I did the Long Branch, uh, New Jersey full, uh, May of 2012. Oh, back in May. Did you do that as a training or a warm up for the New York City Marathon? No, that was totally separate. That that was my first full, and uh, my friends and I, who all run together, were uh, really excited. We've done a couple of halves, and we wanted to brave the full, and so we um, we just did it. So you, but you decided a while back that all right, I'm really going to do this. And was the New York City Marathon your goal, or do you have like another one coming up that you're looking forward to next? Uh, well, New York City is is its own entity. It, it's a it's a race like no other. So that really was a that that was kind of on the bucket list of uh, of things to accomplish. But uh, but no, I, I I mean I plan on continuing to run. I already have two that I'm registered for coming up. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. This is it's crazy. I mean, I'll tell you, yeah. like, I ran uh, three half marathons. I've done two in Miami, and I did one. Uh, in Yonkers, and the feeling for the very first time when you cross the finish line is like you just, you know, climb to the top of, you know, Mount Vesuvius or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. What What's it like after putting months of training in? What's that feeling like when you cross the finish line for the first time in your first full marathon, or now, I guess, for your first New York City marathon, which is one of the four you know, big guys. Yeah, well, I'll be honest with you. As I was, you know, I run for a number of reasons. Um, I raise money for Camp Simcha in memory of my father who passed away um, just about five years ago. So for me, it's it's a, it's a lot of emotion that goes into it. But to be very honest, as I was coming into mile 26 in Central Park, um, I really became overwhelmed with emotion. Um, it, you know, all the months of training, all the... You know the hard work, the the money that's raised, the the fundraising emails. Uh, it's really, really emotional. Was that was there one point while you're running 
you know, where you're no longer excited about what you're doing, but rather you're like, you're kind of going on fumes and you're thinking to yourself, what am I doing? Or this is crazy. Or is, was there something that at some point hit you where you're not, you know, based on all the excitement or the, um, what's running through your body, the adrenaline, where you just like had to stop and say, what am I doing? I'll, I'll be honest, not, not in New York City. New York City, where, you know, with two million spectators cheering you on pretty much the entire course, um, at no point did I stop and say, this is crazy, I shouldn't have done it. it was, I mean, for the first, like, two hours, we were, we were running with smiles on our face because it was just so overwhelming. Did you run, actually run the entire time, or you took walking breaks? No, I ran the entire time. Oh, uh, my God. Is, yeah, That's crazy. To, yeah, which is why I was able to finish in, in, in pretty decent timing. Um, it was, um, but when I, to be honest, in New Jersey, um, at about mile 18, I was like, okay, this is crazy. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. Was there, I, mean, I know that your wife, Tanya, also started running recently in the last, you know, couple of years when you started also. Right. Did your family or friends or whoever come to cheer you on? Was there a certain point where you said, okay, let's meet up at this point and at this point and then again meet up back at the finish line? Yeah, you need to be real specific with uh, any spectators that come. They, you need to know what side of the street they're on and exactly where they're going to be because you need to You'll never find them. them. Yeah, so I had my mom and sisters uh, were in Brooklyn, which was nice to see them kind of early on in the race. And then um, my wife and, and daughters were um, at 110th and 96th, by, right by mile 22. Um, and that really was a great push to the end. Yeah, that, that probably gives you you know that last kick in the pants to help you finish up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because Fifth Avenue is, is really... An, an incline that no one really tells you about. Everyone talks about the hills of Central Park, but running up Fifth Avenue was really difficult. Wow. It's unbelievable. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Elliot Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad. Of course, we're presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. And we're listening, uh, sorry, we're speaking with Amitai Dagan, who two days ago on Sunday completed um, his first New York City Marathon. Uh, Amitai, what happened? Um, did you feel anything different in terms of security this year? Obviously, this race is special for a lot of reasons. Obviously, last year's New York City Marathon didn't happen because of Hurricane Sandy. A few months ago, everybody knows about the ter- terrible tragedy uh, that happened at the Boston Marathon. As a runner, was there a sense that something was different? Meaning there were 1,500 surveillance cameras all over the place. There were 47 bomb-sniffing dogs and tons of different security that I have to imagine you knew was there but might not have really focused on. Did you feel that? Well, yeah. I, you know, I have nothing to compare it to because this is my first time doing New York City. Uh, but you can tell when you got there um, that there was a really heightened sense of security. There were cops everywhere. They were really strict on um, only allowing anyone with a bib into the yeah. It was starting from a half a mile away from the corrals. Um, you were really able to uh, to feel that there was a lot of security going on. So you you felt safe. Yes, I did. What time did you get up Sunday morning? Well, we slept in Staten Island, um, and the New York City Marathon um, starts pretty late. We were in a 10.30 start time, so we, we slept in Staten Island. We woke up at about 7, had a nice breakfast. It, it, it was a lot less stressful than other races I've done. Oh, yeah, so I'm saying, like, for the Miami Half Marathon, I know that we I woke up at like 3.30 in the morning, so totally right. different, totally different feel. More importantly, here's the important question. What did you have for dinner the night before? So lucky for us, uh, my, our friend that we stayed by in Staten Island, his parents 
um, uh, the Weisses, they own a dairy uh, restaurant in Staten Island. Well, so that's kind of convenient. Yeah, that, that, that worked out really nicely. Uh, we had pasta and uh, and pizza for dinner. You want to give a shout out to your, the friends who you ran with? Uh, yeah, Josh Weiss, uh, Ari Herman, and Aton Later. Oh, you all did it. We all did it. Unbelievable. Okay, now who won of the four of you? <laughs> um, Ari Herman won. Ari Herman won. He finished at 4:22. Uh, I finished at 4:30. Oh no, Aton finished 4:30. Uh, sorry, Ari finished 4:22. Aton finished 4:32. I was 4:34, and Josh Weiss was 4:39. But Josh Weiss had to pull off for a bathroom stop, so he probably would have beaten. <laughs> wow, it's unbelievable. So let me uh, last question. Let me tell you, what would you say to someone who says, "Oh, that's crazy. I would never be able to do that." Well, you know, I, I've I've had this conversation with a lot of people. And as long as you don't have any physical ailments like a bad back or bad knees, anything like that, it, it's possible. Anyone can do it. it really, you just, it's just a matter of committing to the training and, you know, surprising yourself. But anyone can do it. Wow. All right, Amitai, here's to, to many, many more successful marathons for you. Amen, amen. Maybe <laughs> together one day. You got it. Thanks so much for joining me, Amitai. Thanks. You're Ellie. listening to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Eli Hagley. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad, and we're getting ready to uh, meet our next marathoner. is going to be Avi Bloom, who's the Director of Technology Integration at SAR Academy in uh, Riverdale, Avi is also a good friend of mine, having completed the New York City Marathon for the first time. Uh, so right before uh, we get to Avi, we're going to get to um, another song. Here is Miami Boys Choir with Mehera.
And that was the Miami Boys Choir with Mehera. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. Of course, I'm speaking today with those of us who are brave enough, foolish enough, smart enough, um, crazy enough to run uh, a full marathon. Avi Bloom, welcome to the Jewish Reaction. Thanks, Ellie. Good to be with you. Um, first question, how are you feeling? Two, <laughs> two days later, what's it like? Uh, I feel like I ran a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, part for the course, what you would expect. My legs are... Well, running. who's you? I'm not, I'm not foolish enough to do a full marathon. Maybe what but, you would expect. Um, you know, my legs are killing me. feel sore as heck, but uh, it feels awesome. It's the, best, it's the best soreness you could have. Any regrets? Um, oh, God, no, not at all. Wait, I mean, was this, this your a, first full marathon? This is my second full marathon. I did Philadelphia last year. Um, I was actually supposed to do New York last year. And ah, but canceled. because of Sandy. Right, got canceled because of Hurricane Sandy. So two weeks later, I did Philadelphia. And then uh, this year, I came back to do New York. It, it's an amazing day, Ellie. The whole day from beginning to end is just unbelievable. You spend a couple of hours in the morning in Fort Wadsworth Park in Staten Island, absolutely freezing with 40,000-plus others. You have to get there so early because all the roads are closed. Um, and then once you get going, it's just an amazing trek through New York. So much history, so many neighborhoods, such diverse crowds, really lining the streets from beginning to end, borough to borough. It, it feels different than any other uh, race. It's really special day. Well, so let me ask you a, a question specific to, to security. Did you notice anything different? I mean, the, the new the NYPD came out with a ton uh, of special projects or operations that they were running uh, surrounding the New York City Marathon. As a runner... Uh, did you feel any of that, of course, coming off the tragedy in Boston a few months back? Uh, absolutely. Uh, when we got there on our bus, I was on a bus uh, directly from Riverdale uh, with the Van Cortlandt Track Club that went straight to Staten Island. As soon as we got off the bus, 
Um, we were greeted with very uh, tight, intense uh, security. There were uh, dogs sniffing around all, the, all everybody's baggage. People were not allowed to bring blankets in, and you can imagine how cold it was sitting on the ground there in the morning. They were taking away blankets. Um, there were metal detectors. Everybody was wanted. Um, there was very, very tight security at the beginning, um, and there was a extremely tight security at the end as well. Getting out of Central Park uh, was, was, uh, was pretty tough also. Also on the Verrazano Bridge right at the beginning, there were NYPD helicopters. Um, there was clearly a lot of surveillance um, throughout, you know, even along the route. Yeah, I don't know if you had a chance to check it out, but they actually said there were more than 1,500 surveillance cameras on the, on the route. Yeah, there were a lot of spots where you saw, like, NYPD, you know, just, like, kind of setups. Um, with cameras and, and patrols and dogs, and it, it was it was definitely uh, more tight security than you would expect at a typical at a typical race. Is there something more exciting um, to running this race specifically because it's New York and you grew up in your New York your whole life, and it's just you know one of the big four, the New York City Marathon? I mean, there's so there's so much about it. Um, you know, it's a world-class race. You're running on the, you're playing on the same playing field as 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 the best in the world. It's through a city that you know. The route itself takes you through, really, the sights and sounds of New York. You know, some other marathons and cities, you're actually in the city, but you're not going through any parts of the city that are of particularly significant import. Here, you're really running through kind of the heart of the city. And the people. I mean, the people that come out for this race, it's unlike any other race. I mean, I did Philadelphia last year. The first half was historic. You see all the important sites of Philadelphia. And then the second half, it's quiet, and you're running six and a half miles out on one road and six and a half miles back. Here, really beginning to end, it's just nonstop. There's bands. There's marching bands. There's drum corps. There's, it's just uh, the crowds that come out. Uh, you know, really part of what make it special. Wow. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yacha. And, of course, we're presented here on the Nachum Siegel Network by the OU, the Orthodox Union. And we're speaking today with those of us who are brave and crazy enough, I like to say, to run the New York City Marathon. Of course, right now, uh, we're speaking with Avi Bloom, who's the Director of Technology Integration at SAR in Riverdale. And he also lives... Uh, in uh, in Riverdale, Avi, did you work out anything? I mean, I know that you did, but I want you to talk about it a little bit with your friends and family about where and when, um, and how you find them and where they should go. Yeah, so I had my family on 102nd Street uh, and First Avenue, uh, which is mile 19, and then again at 102nd Street and Fifth Avenue, which is mile 23. So I knew that lower down on First Avenue would be tough because of how sick the crowds were. So we figured above 100th Street would be fine. And then once I passed them on First Avenue to go up toward the Bronx, they moved over to Fifth Avenue, um, and they were totally in place by the time I got back down there, heading down toward uh, Central Park. Actually, so- the first time I, I saw them on First Avenue, I kind of... I definitely stopped to say hi, but I kind of was still kind of motoring past them. By the time I got to 23, I, I took a little bit of extra time and just made sure that I kind of acknowledged everyone in the group. There were about 10 or 15 of my relatives hanging out all together. And wow. it was really, it was huge to know that they were coming up. I will tell you that miles, you know, 17 through 23, 24, you know, those are the tough miles. 
you know, you, you, you're, you're just kind of motoring along. You still feel like you have a ways to go. Yeah, you're, you're, I feel like the, the full-on adrenaline hasn't really kicked in because you're not at the finish, so to Correct. say. Yeah, mile 25 and 26, you can already smell the finish line. The crowds in Central Park were amazing. I actually felt that, you know, First Avenue is notorious for having the most raucous crowds. I actually felt that um, heading into Central Park, uh, 90th and 5th, when we made that right turn into Central Park, um, that to me was kind of the most exciting moment. I mean, how, it was so loud. You feel like you're getting close to the finish. The park is gorgeous, the, you know, with the leaves and the foliage, and, and it, it just felt... That was like a piece of the race where, my, where I would say, like, the hair was standing up on my neck. Like, I'm right. trying to feel I mean, like from, from what I'm hearing from you, and uh, just a few minutes ago, we also spoke with Amitai Dagan, who also ran yesterday, uh, Monday's race. Sorry, Sunday's race. Um, it, it sounds like this is different because every moment of, of the race has people watching and cheering you on. I remember when I did the Miami Half Marathon, Miles you know, four through eight or so kind of take place in a residential area. So you're not talking about waves and waves and hundreds and hundreds of people cheering you on. It can be a little, not down, but it's not as exciting as when the people are there cheering you on. But it doesn't seem like you had that uh, in New York. Yeah, I, I ran the Miami half as well. And Miami half, you know, with, with all the pictures you see and all the PR and everything, you see the beautiful sunrise over the causeway and you're running over the water, and it's all true until you get to mile four. And then, as you described, the, the, the tone of the race totally changes. You're running through quiet back streets of Miami. You just don't have that here. And it's kind of hard to describe that you could run 26 miles. The, qui the quietest spots along this route are the bridges. We run across five bridges. Um, which in itself, you know, that makes up the hills. Of but the course. scenery has to make up for that because it's probably Correct. just gorgeous. Yeah, I mean that you hear the pitter patter of, of feet, and then you're just looking over the bridges, and it's just the scenery is uh, exquisite, and you just get a feel by running borough to borough like that. You just get a feel for the city. I mean, you're just you're you're, you're drawing a line, just connecting the different pieces of the city. Um, so it, it really is, it, it's extraordinary. I mean, every borough had, just had really wall-to-wall -wall people. As soon as you got off the Verrazano Bridge in Brooklyn, um, you know, right away, the crowds were five, six, seven people deep, right at the foot of the bridge. It's amazing. I guess, l luckily, even though it was a little bit cold, uh, it didn't rain or anything yesterday. So yeah, that... the weather was great. The temperature, actually, for running, I think, was perfect. Uh, the wind, we could have done with, uh, without some of the wind. You know, going up on those bridges... You know, there really was a wind that was uh, kind of blowing around, and it was chilly, especially the 59th Street Bridge. The 59th Street Bridge, we run on the lower level. Um, so climbing up that hill, that's mile 16, and you're climbing up a pretty steep incline, the first half of that bridge, on a dark road on the lower level. I would say that was, you know, probably the toughest couple of moments there, you know, climbing that hill on mile 16. And then when you when you... When you crest the, the apex of the bridge and you start to hear the crowds at the bottom of the hill on First Avenue, you know, then, then things kind of turn around. But I think that's part of why First Avenue gets so much credit, because the 59th Street Bridge is so hard that it's so exciting to come off there onto First Avenue. Wow. What's, what's that feeling like as you're crossing the finish line? Look, you put months of you know, time training into this. For you, you had to wait a year longer than you had originally planned to get to do this. What's that like, you know, the culmination of the feelings and the emotion and actually doing it, you know, and having your family right there to, to celebrate with? Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is look at my split times. You know, the times and miles, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, they're getting slower and slower and slower. And then you look at mile 26, and it's back basically about where the pace was of mile one. So when, when you smell that finish line, there's an extra You, you want to get there. Yeah, there's an extra gear that you have 
when, when you can start to see it coming. Like I said before, the, the tough miles are 17 through 23, 24. You know, once you're in the park and, and, you, and you just see all the, you know, the crowds and the signs and the, you know, and, the, and then, of course, you see the finish line, I would say, from about, I don't know, five, 600 yards uh, in front of you. And it's really, I mean, it just, you, you get chills. You get chills knowing that you, that you finally made the, made the trek. Not, not to put you on the spot, Avi, but uh, what was your time? <laughs> not like it's important or anything, yeah. but what was it? I ran in four hours and 30 minutes. What was your goal and what were you looking for? Um, I ran Philadelphia last year in four hours and nine minutes. Um, for me personally, four hours is kind of like, uh, you know, if I had a particular goal at some point to beat, it would be about four hours. But I kind of had a feeling yesterday that that wasn't uh, meant to be. I thought my training was a little down from last year. I knew the winds were going to be, uh, you know, pretty pretty strong. Um you know, and I kind of knew actually pretty early in the race that that wasn't meant to be. I could tell already by mile, let's say, three or four, that that, that wasn't going to be my day for four hours. And actually, that was a blessing because I kind of just sat back and just cruised through the city and just enjoyed enjoyed the ride in a sense. At any point during the race, did you say to yourself, or at least take note of what you're doing, where you are, what you're – like I remember even – you know, I only did a half marathon, and now I guess I can – to you it's only a half marathon. But I felt like there were times where, um, you know, I was spacing out and not really realizing what was happening and what I was doing. You know, your mind wanders to different kinds of things. Sometimes you sing songs. I sing songs in my head. Sometimes I – you know, I'm always conscious of my pace and my math and the timing and stuff like that. You know, and I'm not one big on listening to music during these things. I like to kind of feel the the environment around me. But um, you know, in this one, it, it's it's just so many. There are so many interesting things to focus on along the way. I actually felt kind of uh, pretty focused, pretty zoned in, um, taking in what was going on around me throughout throughout the entire course. So in that sense, it does feel different than some of these other kinds of races. Avi, last last question for you. What do you say to somebody who says to you, that's great for you, awesome for you, but that's something I could never do? <laughs> you have to get bit by the bug. You know, somebody gets bit by the bug and they feel it. I've had this in me since I was a little, little kid. Watching this race on TV, I knew there was going to come a day where I just had to do it. And somebody who says that, I say, it's never going to go away until you do it. So you may as well just train and do it. Listen, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. It's really about the months of training. It's about committing to do it and sticking to a plan. And, uh, you know, like I always say, you have to get bit by the bug. Once you're bit, it's not going to go away until you make it happen. So what's your next goal? Now you've done two full marathons. Are you looking at a triathlon? Are you looking at an Ironman? Or you're, you're satisfied with the full marathon? Um, you know, there's lots of stuff in my head. Triathlon always, always, has, always uh, has always been a dream. Um, I definitely think there will be more marathons uh, in my future. I'd like There are a few others that I'd like to try out, particularly the Marine Corps Marathon in D.C. and, and the Marathon in Boston, um, both which have, you know, rich history and, and lots of exciting kind of pieces connected to them. But uh, we'll see. Right now it's about uh, ice and protein. So <laughs> we're, wa- we're way off from another marathon. Well, so. Avi, good for you. Yashikar, congratulations. Great job from all of us here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thanks for joining us. Be well and take care of those knees. Thanks, Ellie. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much. <laughs> You're listening to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Ellie Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad. And just before we get to our next guest, we'd like to play Here's a Song, which has become the Team Yachad theme song. Here's by A.K.A. Pella. Here's Yesh Tikva.
A.K.A. Pella with Yesh Tikva. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Sponsored by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad. And of course, we're speaking today with those who are insane enough, crazy enough, smart enough, risky enough, whatever you want to call it, to run a marathon. Of course, I speak of this past Sunday's New York City Marathon. For the first time, more than 50,000 runners, including the one millionth person to start the race in the 43-year history, took to the five boroughs of Manhattan. I'd like to welcome now Paul Kenter to the Jewish 
Jewish Reaction. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Paul, uh, we spoke earlier uh, already with Amitai Dagan and Avi Bloom, two uh, people also who uh, ran uh, in Sunday's race for the New York City Marathon. But tell us what, what you did, which is a little bit unique and different uh, from the typical marathon runner. I was paired with a young man, his name is Jonathan Bruno, who's an autistic runner. So he needs people, I guess guys is what they call us, sometimes pacers. Guys and pacers frequently run in marathons and function in various capacities, but they take care of the difficult things kind of, and they just get experienced runners to take care of all of the logistical things that he needs tending to over the course of the race. So that includes making sure that we pace him, at a responsible pace they can finish the race without killing himself, um, eating, drinking, and kind of being cheerleaders throughout the course for him. So how did you get uh, how did you get into this? I'm assuming this wasn't your first full marathon, that you're able to not only do the race yourself, but also to help somebody else uh, finish it as well. No, I've done, uh, done quite a bit, particularly over the past year. I first paced Jonathan. I know his coach and Jonathan and some members of his family through a little running group in Queens that I used to run with. And before Boston, this past year actually, I sent an innocent email to the group seeing who was going to be in the Boston Marathon, and I'd keep a lookout for them while I was cheering on some friends and visiting Boston for the weekend. They responded. They said, you know, we have an extra guide slot if you want to run with us. So Boston was, this past year was my first marathon with him, and that's Another story for another time. We got through most of that. I ended up running Long Island with him a few weeks after that, and now we just did New York City. So this was so you didn't first meet Jonathan Morning of. You had been working together in some capacity for a while now. That's correct. Although, depending on the athlete and the athlete's needs, sometimes Achilles pairs a number of pacers or guides with the athletes. In Jonathan's case, we had two other guides. Achilles has any number of runners, experienced runners, who they can call pretty much at a moment's notice and say, hey, want to run a marathon today? <laughs> and, and so there was one guy who was kind enough to join us, a wonderful fellow who, and Achilles actually pairs runners, experienced and able-bodied runners with, runners with disabilities on two weekly workouts. You know, on a regular basis, I can't attend them. One of them is on Shabbos and one of them is midweek. So this fellow, Brian Murphy is his name, he regularly participates in the workouts and said, well, if you need me, I can do that. And so he popped in, and I don't think he's ready to run a full marathon, so he dropped out for just a couple miles between, I think, 17 and 20, and then joined back in. So he only ran 23 instead of 26. <laughs> but, and then there's another girl, Julie Kavitz, who regularly runs with Jonathan as well. So we had a three-person squad running with Jonathan for the duration of the race. That's amazing. Paul, let me ask you a question. Why do you do that, you know, and run with somebody as opposed to either running by yourself and trying to accomplish a personal, you know, um, marathon time? Why do you do it with somebody else as opposed to doing it on your own? Oh, I do plenty of them on, on my own also. This is just a fun training run. It's uh I mean, you have people who are very good out there and, I mean, good people out there and interested in volunteering and coaching and this, and Jonathan has coaches who really volunteer their time on a regular basis. For me, it was an easy opportunity to experience the New York City Marathon. Fortunately, I've, uh, I guess, developed into a runner that I can reasonably, comfortably 
run a marathon and, you know, help somebody out, somebody else in the process and get a nice training run. I mean, I'm, I have a, at least another marathon coming up in two weeks for myself, and we'll probably be running a few more this year. Wow. Well, that's so. actually how Paul and I first met. I actually had signed up. Uh, to run the Yonkers half marathon back in September, and I wasn't able to do it on the day, uh, on the day that it was scheduled. So I actually posted on Facebook if anybody wants my spot for the Yonkers half marathon, and somebody connected me and Paul, and Paul actually did the Yonkers half marathon as Ellie Hagler, and actually beat my time last year for I think 90 minutes. <laughs> I beat my time too, so. <laughs> so I am now a world class runner. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Um, Paul, let me ask you a question. Coming off, you know, last year, of course, everybody knows the New York City Marathon didn't happen because of Hurricane Sandy. And just a few months ago, the terrible tragedy that happened uh, during the Boston Marathon. As a runner in the field, you know, and somebody who was running with two others responsible for a fourth person, did you feel a presence from the NYPD? There was a tremendous amount of extra security precautions that the NYPD took for the race. I'm just wondering, what was your perception, uh, either funny. at the start and or throughout? It's funny you bring that up, because I was a registered runner last year, supposed to run it on my own, and that obviously didn't happen. And then I'm not yet fast enough to run Boston on my own, but I was pacing Jonathan in Boston, so I was for that. Now, what's happened in the past year is I've been running a lot of smaller races and little, very low-key events, and I was just taken aback even going to the expo. Now, that has nothing to do with security. This is just a very large event. Even before Sandy canceling last year's marathon, so it's still a 45,000-person race, which is absolutely enormous. So altogether... If you've normally run very large races like Philadelphia or Cleveland or L.A., you still will have seen nothing nearly the size of New York. New York on a small year has 45,000 people, which is essentially a small city in transit. Right. So the fact that getting, getting to Staten Island in a regular year is such an ordeal, and you have to get there like five hours before the start. So there's a little more security. But it didn't necessarily feel like it was any more involved than it would be in a particular year. Um, as far as like, now they require you to check bags with um, in clear plastic bags instead of other bags. Well, other marathons have not been doing that in, in the time since. I, I've definitely done a good couple races in the time since Boston that now require clear bags also. So I didn't feel that there was a particularly strong difference this year. I guess, for New York City than what I would expect in another year. That's interesting. You know, I spoke to other people, and they were telling us that they felt a stronger presence in terms of just, you know, not... There were two main differences, and beyond that, it felt pretty low-key. I mean, again, in Boston, there were cops along the entire route, and that was, you know, before any tragedy struck. So here there are two notable differences. Um, There were metal detectors when you get, went into the staging area, I guess the athletes village in Staten Island in Fort Wadsworth. And as we were running over the Verrazano, there was a low flying helicopter, which was not a media helicopter. You saw NYPD. So that was notable. But beyond that, when we were actually running, there was no I didn't feel any differently than than uh, any other race. Other than just it's a huge race and obviously people 
security is a much bigger deal now, I guess, ever since 9-11 anyway, so it's kind of what I would have expected. Perhaps in prior years, this was, this was my first time running New York, so I can't compare it to prior years, but it's roughly what I would have expected either way. Right, absolutely. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Ellie Hagler. We're presented every week here by the OU, the Orthodox Union. I'm being joined now on the phone by Paul Kenter, who ran uh, together with Achilles, an organization that pairs able-bodied athletes with um, people running the marathon who have disabilities. And Paul was paired with a young man uh, with autism named Jonathan who completed a marathon together with two others. Um, of course, Paul, I know you told me when we were off the air that you had the um, ability to meet with Richard Bernstein, who has been a friend to Yachad um, and the Nachum Siegel Network for the last couple of years. Uh, and Richard, as you know, was injured back in 2012 while training for the New York City Marathon in Central Park. And this was actually his first uh, race after uh, his accident. Just tell us a little bit about the few minutes that you had to spend with Richard Bernstein. It's funny, a friend, a friend of mine who knew that I was running New York City this year, specifically as an Achilles guy, and as I've become a pretty avid runner, met Richard Bernstein over Shabbos and mentioned to him that we should be in touch. You know, I have another guy for you. <laughs> and then I was in the Achilles tent, you know, for disabled runners and their companions in the athletes' village before the starting line, and I look up, and I see, oh, that's Richard Bernstein. That's funny. So I quickly introduced myself. At that point, he knew who I was. You know, he learned of me just a day before. And um, it was cool to put a face to the name and start schmoozing. And apparently he, I now have a better idea of who he was than before. But I don't know. One day we might be running together. That's incredible. I'll tell you, my, my first time meeting Richard uh, was two years ago. Richard Bernstein ran with us, with his Achilles guides, ran with uh, Team Yachad in the Miami Marathon. Um, and seeing him cross the finish line with four guides in a diamond shape, because Richard's blind, you know, one in front, one in back, one on the left, one on the right, and watching him do that is just so incredibly inspirational. You know, watching I mean, all of these people do this, it's inspirational watching anybody do it, let alone somebody who's blind or might have another disability. There are all sorts of people out there. I have a friend who's running, accompanying a blind man, this, who's now, I guess, blind in his... Heyday, he was, I think, a 220 or 230 marathoner, which I guess probably in those days was good, was really world class. And these days, he's much older, he's blind, and he was determined to finish. My friend was there on the course for eight hours. And what these people do, it's they have such strong conviction and mental fortitude. It's really incredible. Wow. And they're inspirational people. They've been through so much, and. Uh, you really, I think, gain more from them than they do from you. Oh, absolutely. I think it's it's incredible. Richard, let me ask you a question. Paul, what's something that you would tell, you know, now I would consider you a pretty experienced runner. I think you would consider yourself a pretty experienced runner. What was what do you tell people who say, you know, great for you that you're able to do it, but that's something I can never do? That marathon is really not that far. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> Easy I mean, for you to say. I've done a half marathon, and when I cross the finish line, I can't imagine taking another step. I... I was probably not in terrible shape, but I went from couch to a half marathon in two months, which I realize for most people might be a little bit, bit aggressive. All it takes is a little bit of consistency and a positive attitude. You know, if you have to walk in stretches, I tell people when they're racing, you know, A, if you're, if you're not smiling, you're not doing it the right way. Smiling honestly makes things easier. Mm-hmm. That said, if I see you smiling half a mile from the finish, you're not working hard enough. 
Yeah. <laughs> but up, up until that point, if you're not smile, smiling, you're not doing it the right way. So I do it as a way I've, I've come to enjoy it. I didn't always enjoy it. But don't take it too seriously and be consistent. And a marathon is really not that far. If I felt that it was, was really beating me up, I wouldn't just pop in for this for fun. This was honestly a 26-mile block party. And that's what I told people. That's amazing. That's, did you have family or what come out and support you? Like I, we spoke to other people who said that they had their family arranged in certain places because it would make them easier to get from mile 22 to 24, from mile 16 to 18 to give them that extra push. Did you have people come out to support you also? Or you, for you, it was enough to run with the three people that you were already running with? Well, this one in particular was not... A- a personal challenge. It was a pace that I knew that I could comfortably sustain, and my job was to be the cheerleader for Jonathan for 26 miles. Um, to be honest, I found that to be a lot more difficult than, than actually running because I'm not that very enthusiastic, total war kind of guy, and I have to really cheer him for 26 miles. And in fact, what happens is once I kind of have to turn that persona on, I cheer on other people around me too. But I found that to be a lot more difficult. Uh, other people and friends who knew that I was going to be running said that they'd be keeping an eye out for me. The ironic thing is, though, again, this was personally not the race that I'm really gunning for, and I have my own personal challenges and races, and those are not the ones that I see friends and family at. So <laughs> um, well, I did see some friends along the way, uh, but just there's so many people out there. You can try to coordinate it. It can be difficult, and most of my focus was really on keeping Jonathan on target and moving in the right direction and keeping his spirits up. So, so Paul, we only have about about a minute left, but how did Jonathan do? He finished in 4.23, which was, I think it was a tough day for him. I, again, I don't train with him on a regular basis. I, as I say, I only pop in for the fun runs. So uh, he's moving, the right, I mean, he's an experienced runner. He's probably more experienced than I. I think he's done maybe, definitely over 10 marathons. Um, so he's good. You know, he... He runs regularly, and uh, his coach insists that he can probably do sub three one day. So sub three, we'll see when that happens. Sub three, we'll see if and when that happens. Wow, not to brag, Paul, but I did a sub three half marathon. (laughs) (laughs) Almost as good, right? (laughs) Paul, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Jewish Reaction presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union, right here on the Nacham Siegel Network. We've got a great lineup for you coming up the rest of the day. Coming up in just a few minutes is going to be the By the Book with Nacham Siegel, sponsored by Corin. And then after that, you got a live lunch with ZK. Lots coming up here on the Nacham Siegel Network. I want to thank all of our guests for joining me, Ami Dagan, Avi Bloom, and Paul Kenter, all who completed the New York City Marathon this past Sunday, something that's on my bucket list, and it should be on a lot of yours. If anybody has anything to tell me, to share, let me know what's on your bucket list. Please email me at Eli, E-L-I, at NachumSiegel.com. Thank you for joining me. You've been listening to The Jewish Reaction.